0: 93.7 Express FM Over the White Line, your number one source for all local sports and non-league football
1: Good evening and welcome to Over the White Line here on 93.7 Express FM up On tonight's show, shock at money Moneyfields as Dave Carter leaves the club. We look back at his time in charge at Dover Road tonight. Having beat Hadley and host Hamlet in the cup, but not before Hemel head to Wesley Park on Saturday. Momentum from Molyneux at Gosport and big plans for Long League Day at Pivot Park. We have an extended interview with the Gosport manager later on in the show. And we look back at the first round of the first ever Hampshire FA Trophy. Joining me in the studio is Rob England from the Portsmouth Divisional Football Association for the second round draw of the Portsmouth Senior Cup. You can get involved with the show as well. Text us 81400. Don't forget to start your message with the word express. Email studio at expressfm.com. Or you can send us a tweet. Our handle is at ExpressFM. It's time to go over the white line.
0: News, views, reaction and interviews. This is Over the White Line.
1: And a very good evening to you and welcome to this week's Over the White Line here on 93.7 Express. The station that is both passionate and passionate about grassroots. So for Henry Deacon, here for you between now and 7pm to digest it. We've got a big week, lots of reaction from a lot of things going on And I'm happy to say that joining me in the studio tonight To also look ahead to the second round draw of the Portsmouth Senior Cup Along with everything else that is has gone on with the Portsmouth Divisional Football Association Rob England has been kind enough to join me Rob, a very good evening to you
2: A very good evening Henry, thank you for inviting us along It uh, doesn't seem like uh, yesterday we were doing the last uh, season's draws But uh, we've got some great clubs in the draw So really looking forward to what's going to come out of the hat a new season for the
1: ports of FA, and, and as you say, it seems like yesterday we were, we were drawing out last season's draws. But there's been a lot of growth within the local game over, over recent times, and a lot of new entries, especially in, in the senior cup, for example.
2: Yeah, we had uh, 21 entries this year, which is uh, very pleasing, and uh, for all our competitions, we've got over 100 clubs again this year, which is again it's uh, very healthy. Um, I think they enjoy the competition of. Being uh, up against clubs from different uh, leagues, which is a makes a change for them, um, and we hopefully look after them well. They get the chance to go to a a final at a decent stadium. Um, so yeah, it's always looking very healthy. And with the Portsmouth Senior
1: Cup as, as a potent example, it's an opportunity for the size higher up the system, it an opportunity to blood younger players in and for the size lower down the system, it's an opportunity to, to test themselves against those higher up teams.
2: Yeah, we've got uh, clubs, I mean, the, the, lo- the lowest level if you like, is the Hampshire Prem First mm-hmm. Division and of course we go right the way up uh, to Gospel Borough in the, um, in the Southern League. So yeah, some, some clubs play there, uh, some of their reserves, some clubs you know, mix and match. Um, so there are some interesting encounters.
1: How pleased to have Gosport back in the competition this year. Obviously, they were the notable absentee last time round. They
2: were, yes, yeah, so we're glad to have them back. Um, uh, you know, they're a top club, and uh, you know, we, we want to have the, the top clubs in our top local competition.
1: And, of course, we speak about the top local clubs in, in the top local competition. Unfortunately, the one that hasn't taken part in this year's competition is Hammond and Waterloo. I know there were... Uh, problems last year regarding um, eligibility of players because of the turnover or squad ahead of the final. I suppose it's, it's disappointing on, on, on your part that the that the highest-ranked club, so to say, in the in the ports of DFA region hasn't hasn't entered the competition.
2: Yeah, we're a, sort of between the devil and the deep blue sea, really. Um, we've been able in the last few seasons to obviously get the final back at Fratton Park, um, but understandably uh, Pompey want to have these sort of events after the end of the season and after... Uh, usually after the potential playoffs, So it does mean it does tend to be in May. And, of course, for having a um the 1st of May is their sort of contract cut-off time, which is the problem. But we don't want to give up Fratton Park. Um, mm-hmm. But we do want having a Waterville in. Um, if maybe in the future they can look and maybe if they can do something with their academy side, then obviously we welcome them back with open arms.
1: The door's not closed. It's just trying to find the right balance between both parties.
2: Absolutely. I mean, it's, it, for the other clubs, you know, the 21 other clubs, you know, we say, look, we're, we should have the final at Fram That's a big incentive for them to... and uh, we, So we don't want to let them down. Do you think the extension of entries into the competition is largely down to
1: the fact that the competition has not just been there for one season, it's now a constant fixture in the in the footballing calendar in
2: Portsmouth? Yeah, I mean, before we got back to Fratton Park, I mean, it was um, it wasn't the sort of a, the level we'd like it at. We had to tweak the rules um, to accommodate senior clubs, uh, which meant more midweek matches, and then clubs with uh, floodlights being at home so they could play midweek. That made a massive difference. We've uh, our various cup secretaries over the last few years have uh, looked into really uh, getting closer to the league, so they can work closer with them to make sure that fixtures um, are are fulfillable, and that's worked very well. And as I say, yeah, the the the, the cachet of having a final at uh, Fratton Park, I think, has made a massive difference.
1: You speak about the negotiations between the leagues because there's so many competitions nowadays and there's so many different bodies that regulate the competitions whether it's the Hampshire Cup, FA Vars, FA Cup uh, Wessex League Cups and, and, and things like that. How key is it to have that negotiation period with, with the authorities because it's, it's very tough to run a com- competition in this modern day where there's so many games and, and so many postponements as well in the winter.
2: Yeah absolutely you have to be flexible, you have to speak to people and our um, are- current cup secretary debbie Souton, who's also uh, employed by hanshire fa mm-hmm. so she's um, ideally placed to sort of know the the nuances mm-hmm. of the uh, the various leagues um and but she keeps in touch with them and they keep in touch with her and you know we had the first round we had half a dozen games um five have been completed hopefully weather permitting the uh, the sixth one will be uh, mm-hmm. taking place this evening so we got a nice run through for the uh, second round in november and, of course, having these games earlier
1: on in the winter means that you're hoping, hoping against hope sometimes with the weather, that, it, that that you can get the competition done as smoothly and as quickly as possible and there's not a, a backlash going into April and May time.
2: No, absolutely. I mean, last year we were quite fortunate. The weather was reasonably kind. I think we got to the semi-final stage fairly soon after mm-hmm. Christmas, which was ideal. I mean, obviously, then, if you do have it very early like that, then there can be a massive gap between then and the final. But you do want to get these games out of the way, certainly, while the... Because it's like you were saying about the weather. I mean, this weekend's not looking brilliant. And uh, so, you know, once you come into November, you know you're going to lose a few.
1: And, of course, with the expansion of the teams, there was a an extra round. Just for the, the clarity of the listeners that wouldn't know, this was the first round, I
2: believe, was, it was a random draw between the, the clubs as far as... Uh, yeah we have to uh we we start early we started in August so we mm-hmm. got that uh, draw out of the way so it's it's a, in a way it's almost like a preliminary round um is to get the numbers down to 16 um so the second round we have well unfortunately we have 15 because of the late uh, withdrawal but uh so there will be one walk over in mm-hmm. this draw but uh, we are down to that uh, those last 16 and of course, with, with the teams in the
1: draw, and even regardless of Baffins and Infinity, who play the last fixture tonight, a, a relatively big side in, in our area will be in the draw. And you look at some of the names, we'll go through them for the for the senior cut now. United Services, Portsmouth, who've had, who started very well again in the Wessex first. AFC, Portchester, made the final a couple of years ago, made the semis last year. Uh, Baffins or Infinity, Baffins have won the competition tries. Horn-Dean are always strong in the competition This Athletic, going okay in the Hampshire Prem. Petersfield, finalists two years ago. Denmead, Town made the semis a couple years ago. Gosport back in the competition. Hailing United and Hailing United Reserves. We had that, that awkward moment last year where we drew each other <laughs> out. Um, Lox Heath, Moneyfields, the reigning champions of the competition. I know a lot's going on at Moneyfields this week. Paulsgrove, who lost that final. Uh, United Services, Portsmouth Reserves are the last team in that draw. And a reminder that number 16, in effect, uh, the 16th name that will come out will be a walk over. And Rob, if, if you're about ready, I'm ready to do the Portsmouth Senior Cut second round draw. Just for clarification, these, uh, those are drawn in number order, so United Services Ports of 1, Portsmouth 2, Baffins or Infinity 3, Haunting 4, Less Athletic 5, Peterswood 6, Denby 7, Fareham 8, Gosport 9, Hailing 10, Hailing Reserves 11 11, Loxheath 12, Moneyfields 13, Pools Grove 14, 15 United, Services Ports of Reserves And minor the last team drawn out will get a bye These ties will be played on the week
2: commencing 4th of November. Okay. Okay, Henry, if you'd like to do the home, I shall do the Indeed. away Indeed.
1: Right. The first token is number 8, that is Fareham Town. And they will play Hailing United. Who are number 10 so fair against hailing to get us underway the next token out the hat number two home tight for afc Porchester.
2: and they will play number seven denmead
1: so denmead for Porchester, who as i say finalists two years ago semi finals in each of the last three seasons home tight for number 14 Pools
2: they will play number six, Petersfield Town. They will play Petersfield Town. And I believe Petersfield have lights, so that tie will be reversed, if that's the case. Mm -hmm. So the
1: next in the hat is number 11, that's Hailing
2: Reserves. And they will play number 15, which is US Portsmouth Reserves.
1: Yes, US Portsmouth Reserves. I believe they, they play some of their games at Front Lawn Hailing.
2: Right.
1: Next up is number one, United Services Portsmouth, and they will play number five, Liss Athletic. So United Services Portsmouth against Liss. That will obviously be played at United Services Portsmouth. Next up, and tie for Locks Heath, number twelve,
2: and they will play number four, which is Horn Dean, up
1: against Horn. Michael Birmingham's side. So, then one more tie to be drawn out. Then the last remaining team will get a walkover. So, next up is a home tie for Gospel Boa, number nine.
2: And they will play number 13. Ooh, whoa, money oh, money Oh, I'll tell you what.
1: If Lee Miney is listening to this, he will not be too happy with me. I know we'll... Uh, normal money fields, either so. It's Robingham should all go.
2: Milton Rovers or Infinity will have the walkover.
1: So effectively, tonight's tie is worth two rounds for either. <laughs> absolutely. Fairing uh, Infinity. That was bound to happen, I suppose, wasn't
2: it? Well, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, uh, <clears throat> but there's, it's fair enough. At least it's not a. So, it's not a side with a buy in the first round. I've got a walkover mm-hmm. in the second round, which would not be ideal. No
1: just to clarify the draw these ties will be played on the week commencing 4th of november fair and town will take on hailing united portchester up against Denmead. me against pitsal but that tie should be moved could be moved uh, to pitsal's loves lane hailing reserves against united uh, ports of reserves United Services Ports will take on Liss, Locks Heath against Horn Dean, and the humdinger of the round is definitely Gosport Borough against Moneyfields, and I'm fairly sure the two clubs there will not be too happy about <laughs> for drawing that one out. Uh, Baffins Milton is or Infinity, the winner of tonight's tie uh, at the P M C Stadium will get a bye uh, straight through to the quarterfinals. Just a reminder, those games will be played on the week commencing. 4th of November, Rob England, I suppose there's only one place to start with that cut draw, (laughs) Gosport against Moneyfields, the two highest ranked sides will go for it straight from the off.
2: Yeah, absolutely, it'll be interesting um, what uh, teams they put out, Um, but uh, it'll certainly be worth going over to the enclosure and uh, Mm. having a look at that one. It's uh, difficult to call, I think.
1: Yeah, very difficult to call. Uh, Lee Monnier, as well, the manager at Gosport, has been involved in uh, two Hampshire Cup wins with Haven as well, so he has got pedigree of the competition uh looking elsewhere in the competition paul's against petersfield's got the uh the makings of a good matchup
2: yeah, it should be i mean Petersfield are sort of improving now after they, they mm. were down in the dumps a couple of seasons back but they' they seem to be building up their um sort of what are they ninth in the wessex mm-hmm. Div one so they're um they're, so they're they're sort of coming back a bit now but but paul's they uh, they always give it a go we know that from mm. last season when they uh, uh they're in the final so uh yeah that should be an interesting one.
1: Yeah, elsewhere, Fairham against Hailing, uh, Porchester against Mead, Hailing reserves, against, like, United Ports of reserves. So one of the reserve sides will be in the quarterfinals, yep. which is it's great for them because it's an opportunity for. Okay, they're playing another reserve side, but for the reserve team to enter, it's usually the opportunity to play men's first team football.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and uh, yeah, it'd be nice. You know, one of them will be in the last eight. So uh, that's all. That should be quite a competitive match as well
1: i uh, say, so United Services against Liss, Heath against Horn dean and i say, Gospel against Moneyfields, Baffins against Infinity... Uh, Baffins or Infinity, apologies, will... Uh, the winner of that tie tonight, the PMC, will get a walkover, so extra incentive to them. I wonder whether they know about that or whether they'll know about that before Kira. It'd be interesting yeah. if they do.
2: It'd be interesting. I mean, Infinity, um, that's the first time they've entered the uh, Senior Cup. Um, they're uh, what we call a border club. They're mm-hmm. over on the, uh, over on, uh, the, the West of Fairham uh, on Knoll. Um, and they haven 't entered before, but they're very pleased they have this this year they're I suspect they probably entered the Southampton city cup as well, so mm-hmm. they'll have a double double whammy but if you're a, if you're a border club um you can apply to both competitions it's a bit like this we were a border club they're not actually in our area, but they are allowed to uh play in two competitions Northampton here
1: and for the sake of perhaps a club that are uh Perhaps looking at entering the ports of ports of cup or any of your your competitions. Where do the borders line? Where's the, uh, the application for those
2: competitions? Uh, well, <laughs> the for, dreaded question. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the, the border really only affects the more senior clubs where the, where mm-hmm. leagues um, like the Wessex League overlap between mm-hmm. Portsmouth, Southampton, <laughs> and other areas. Uh, the local leagues, of course, they are definitely within our area. So for the junior competitions, it's not really such an, an issue. I mean, we do have the other area where we. Have um, a border club is uh, in the ladies' competition, which, yes, you, we got Shanklin mm-hmm. playing because they, there isn't a ladies' cup in the on the island, so they're able to come over and, uh, and play in ours, which is uh, very pleasing. We want to try and build that up as well.
1: Is it, how important is it perhaps to have a relationship with the Island White? Because we know there's a few teams that, that mingle around the Wessex League scene and things like that. How good would it be to have a relationship between the, the clubs on the island and, and clubs on the mainland?
2: Well, they have their own uh, uh, competitions generally. I mean, mm-hmm. there's, uh, certainly the PDFA, the only one we really can. Uh, uh, offer is the ladies at mm-hmm. this point because they have their own other mm. their own competitions. It, it's a tricky business. Um, a, that's a small stretch of water, but it can be quite difficult. I mean, th- this last weekend in the um, the Hampshire Saturday Vars competition, mm-hmm. uh, two clubs from the island didn't come over, so they forfeited their games, which is very disappointing. So sometimes it is quite tricky. For others, I mean certainly a lot of the clubs I speak to locally they think, Oh, Isle the Wight, lovely, nice trip away, <laughs> you know, get a minibus over, you know, make a day of it. Uh so yeah, it's 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 a small stretch of water, but it can seem like quite a long distance sometimes.
1: No, most certainly, indeed. Well, thank you very much for now. We'll talk to you more as the show goes on. But we're going to take a quick break. But before we do, so if you have just tuned in to the show and you wanted to listen to the Ports Senior Cup draw, these are the ties that have been made. Uh, Falm Town will take on Hailing United. AFC Portchester take on Denmead. Portsmouth against Petersfield, but that tie will be switched back to Love Lane. hailing United Reserves against United Services uh, United Ports of Services Reserves. United Services Portsmouth against Lis. Loxif against Horndean Dean, and Gosport against Moneyfields' side, certainly to salivate over, and the winner of tonight's game between Baffins and Infinity will get a walkover into the quarterfinals. We're going to take a short break then here on Over the White Line, here on 93.7 Express FM, proudly sponsored by Bisco Solicitors, where the right team gets you the right results, and when we return, we've got an in-depth interview with the Gosport Bar Manager, Lee Molyneux.
0: Over the White Line with Bisco Solicitors. The right support gets the right Results. Visit their website, Biscos law.co.uk.
3: Thursday nights from 8 o'clock, Express FM's weekly news magazine programme, Express This Week, is on air looking back at the week's news and views from across Portsmouth and South East Hampshire, as well as talking to the local personalities behind the headlines. This is Chris Pearce. Tune in for Express this week, 30 nights from eight o'clock on ninety-three point seven Express FM, Passionly Portsmouth. Over
0: the White Line, your number one source for all local sports and non-league football.
1: Welcome back to the second part of this week's Over the White Line here on ninety-three point seven Express FM. The station that is passionate ports of amateuring now on seven PM. We are passionate about non-league and grassroots football. Henry Deacon, we're here with you between now and seven PM. My guest this evening is Rob England of the Ports of Divisional Football Association. Uh, we're going to talk more about them in just a second, but first we're going to head over to Privet Park because it's been a, a big couple of weeks for Lee Molyneux and Gosport Boa. Two big wins, one away at Harrow Boa and at the weekend a 2-1 home win against the Metropolitan Police. has seen their season back on track, they are up to 8th now in the Southern League Premier Division and looking forward to Saturday's trip against high-flying Chesham United on non-league day. It's not just about the game on Saturday, there's a lot going on off the field at Privet Park and I spoke to Lee Molyneux, the Gosport manager earlier on this evening to talk all about it joining me on the other end of the line is the Gosport Borough manager Lee, mind Lee, since we've last spoke, some really positive results for the Borough against Harrow and against Met Police. Let's go back to last Saturday against the Met Police. That's, um, again, another really impressive win for your side.
4: Yeah, and two on the bounce. uh, A tough one away uh, against a team higher higher than us in the league. Uh, And then the Met Police one, um, which kind of, it's nice that we're getting out of the games what we deserve, because um I know people that uh people that have listened to me before or people that follow gospel Borough will realize that uh early on in this season we feel we felt a little bit hard done by um having not got results we felt we deserved but um coming back from one nil down uh dominating the game um i I think they 'd be they 'd be open to say we got what we deserved from that game um like i say having having heavy heavily dominated it.
1: And, of course, with your league position, it's funny how the start of the season pans out and the fact that you you get a few results and you suddenly rise in the table.
4: Yeah, it's all pretty tight. Um, Yeah, it's all quite tight in the league, which, I mean, that league generally is because uh, they say the lower down kind of like anyone beats anyone, which is is slightly unfair. But you can see why people say it. i i've I've tried to research kind of why that is and put my finger on why that is and um i think it, it just comes down to uh, how guys start the season and and how guys kind of adapt to different situations in their their lives going on you know in uh, going on alongside their football career um I really don't know but it but there are always some you wouldn't want to bet on it there are always some um Some lively results in our league, um, which which throw you. So, you know, that said, if if you look at every team individually, like we are lower than where we probably deserve. We feel so. Whether there's a a psychological uh, factor that people are going into games now thinking they'll beat us, um, and then and then becoming unstuck and and pleasantly surprised or, or unpleasantly surprised when when we're kind of playing better than where we appear in the table.
1: And so does that mean the more you rise the table, the less people sit up and take notice and maybe that plays out of your hands a little bit?
4: I think so. I think people look at the table far too much. Um, mm-hmm. I think people look at the league table, but if you actually analyse it, which, you know, I analyse quite a lot of stuff, um, if you look at what, who we've played, we've played most of the, the, the top six. And if you look at who Paul played, you know, they've only played one or two of them and they've played, you know, four or five of the bottom six. So... I'm not saying had roles reversed we'd be in opposite positions. It's not that at all, but um, that, you know that does come into play because um, there's quite a bit of a divide between between teams in this league.
1: So it's for yourselves, Chesham United. Non-league day is always a big day, regardless of of who you are in the non-league pyramid. And I know Portsmouth are at home that day, but how much would you like it for for that perhaps have never seen Gosport play before, come down to Pivot Park and and show that get the experience of non-league football.
4: Yeah non league national non league days always been big um in terms of like drumming up some some new fans and an excuse for guys and, and ladies and, and kids to come down and watch non league football mm-hmm. um non league football is different to, to league football um and some people will will say that they won't go to league football again because it's you kind of you're more in touch with non league football uh, and you can feel more part of it so uh, we're really hoping to get a, a big crowd down there uh we've got um a celebration on the pitch uh, to celebrate some some of our best players in the youth system and we're also trying to do something quite different with the academy um which we we're going to we're going to create a clear pathway to the first team uh and we're going to do that by uh, awarding everybody in the academy with a squad number so i think mentally they'll know that they are part of the system, and they can climb that ladder and the closer to you know one to twenty five they get the closer to the first team they get in so I think for the young guys that's uh that 's an easy way for them to to kind of visually see where they are in the pyramid and where they sit um, and give them a real target to go to kind of aim towards as they as they progress in their careers so uh we'll be awarding we'll be awarding um, the awards before the game on the pitch there'll be there'll be quite a few uh, people there so um, yeah, I encourage everybody to come down and, and be part of, of Goswell Borough.
1: And not just that, uh, I mean that's a great touch on the pitch and I know how much uh, that means to youngsters to get that, that opportunity to the first team but apart from that as well you've got, uh, you're going to be raising uh, funds for prostate cancer, there's going to be free entry to the game for, for under-16s and £5 concession entry for, for all the forces so it's, it's not just bringing the academy and the young players together but it's, it's more or less bringing the whole community together.
4: Yeah, and it's all, you know, this is all in conjunction with National Non-League Day, which, you know, is is kind of a fundraiser for prostate cancer. Um, So it's all for a really, really good cause. Um, I know a lot of non-league teams do something pretty special on on National Non-League Day. So um, we want to do similar and we want to just get people down and just really create a kind of community feel around the club, which is something I've wanted to do since taking over as a manager. So kind of just looking into every avenue exploring every avenue we can to get as many people through the gate and and be part of something which hopefully this season will be very special
1: and finally we've spoken about the day but not exactly about the game it's going to be a tough test against Cheshire and started very well in that in that top four spots
4: yes. Um, it's going to be a tough game, that they all are. Like I say, um, we we are, or well, we we have been in, until the last game where we climbed the table slightly. Um, playing against teams that are above us in the league. So um, I've I've said from day one we we won't fear anybody. Um, so it, we'll, we'll stick to the game plan. We we kind of we know what we're good at and we know what we're about. And I think you've got to remember that we are a brand new outfit. Myself, new to management. The staff, new to their roles. And the players, new to. Each other and, and and their roles, but um, you know I, I, I'm hoping we've we've kind of we've kind of figured our way now, and, and we know how we are uh, as a team and as a unit and what we stand for. And I think a few wins does boost confidence in terms of stick to the game plan. You know what we're what we're about does actually work. So let's believe in it and can continue to to play in the same vein.
1: Well, Lee, thank you very much for your time. We really do appreciate that. All the best on Saturday. Hopefully, there's a, a big turnout for non-league day. Well, I hope so. Thanks, Henry. So, and that is Lee the Gosport Borough Manager, speaking to me early on this evening. Quickly moving on, we're going to now head straight into the Wessex League scene and head to Love Lane because early on this evening I caught up with manager Mark Summerhill as they keep up their fantastic winning record. Hey, so joining me on the other end of the line is the Sword Town manager Mark Summerhill. Mark, we spoke about last week about the the pains and the past of travelling over to the island, but those pains have been banished. A two nil victory on Saturday, courtesy of goals from Marvin Oepo and Ryan Kennedy.
5: Yeah, um, a really good victory, a um, bit of a strange one. We were we were far from our best, um, probably our worst worst first half performance of the season. Didn't defend very well at all. Um, well, by saying that, went, went ahead um, for a, yeah, a, good, a well-worked goal. Um, but we got absolutely what we expected. We got um, a wall of sort of physical and verbal, verbal abuse, which has uh, made it a very tough afternoon.
1: It made it a tough afternoon, but I suppose it shows a lot about the grit, the character and the bottle of the story we've got, especially some of the younger lads in there, to get over that, that hurdle.
5: Exactly that. Yeah, I mean we've got a really sort of strong core to the squad which transfers to when we select the team, and we've got a real good blend of experience. And I've talked about it before, a bit sometimes a bit of naivety of youth, which uh, they just sort of turn up and turn up and get on with it. Which uh, yeah, work to our advantage on Saturday, for sure. But we're a lot stronger, we're a lot more resilient, and uh, we're sort of a lot more up, up to the task this season. When we get these sort of tests playing against us.
1: I'm not one to, to usually call players out, but I need to call out Marvin Aueppa because his record has been fantastic for yourselves. I know he's, he's scored again today for the Haven't Youth team. He's a 17, 18-year-old lad and he's he's proving the sort of game that's almost beyond his years a little bit.
5: Yeah, Marvin was one we had last year and we sort of described him as a bit of a raw talent. Um he's probably defined that a little bit more now and you can see that his sessions he has haven't a had are clearly paying off. He's playing in two different roles for us. He, he can play up front one week and the next week he play play out wide where his, his, his sort of pace is blistering. Um he's still got a massive a massive amount to learn but um he's, you know, he's certainly definitely one to watch for the future I think probably whether it's this season I doubt but next season or the season after probably one we'll really struggle to keep hold of and I'm sure he'll have a really good future somewhere.
1: Going on then to the weekend away from league action. It's the FA Vars away to Bournemouth, and we know how much Peters would love a cup competition.
5: <laughs> yeah, it's um, it'll be nice at the league. It'll be a bit of a free hit for us. Um, another team from the league above, but, uh, FA Vars first round proper. So, you know, with nothing to fear. Um, we love being the underdog, and um, we we'll certainly will be the underdog again on Saturday. And we're just going to give it our best shot. We're um, hopefully going to be back to full strength and Matt Lowe returning to the squad Harry Tremlett is 50-50 whether he'll to the squad so we should be going there in, in full strength we're definitely going there in, in good spirits after 10 undefeated of which 9 have been wins people are getting fed up and we keep saying that now but it's a record we're proud of so we'll never go anywhere in, in better form so who knows
1: a team in form and nothing to lose is something that can be quite scary. I suppose that's hoping. I suppose you'll be hoping that's something that will be the case Saturday.
5: Yeah, absolutely. I don't think anyone would probably want to play us at the moment. We're, we, I think we still tend to be under the radar. A lot, a lot of people don't sort of notice us. We're, we're ninth in the table. People probably don't notice our games in hand. Our cup exploits seem to go unnoticed. So we seem to slip under the radar, and I think teams underestimate us. And... Uh, I've got no doubt that, that works in our favour, and we love. Who doesn't love the underdog tag? It's, mm-hmm. you know, no pressure. It's always the pressure on the opposition in, in that, and, and we sort of thrive on that a little bit. Uh,
1: your role this season and the, the form Peter has certainly not been understated here. At Express affair, Mark. Thank you for your time as ever, and we'll speak to you again soon.
5: Thanks for the support, Henry. Really nice. Speak to you
1: soon. So that is Mark Summerhill, the Petersville town manager, speaking to me earlier on the scene. Rob England from the Porsche Divisional FA is still with me. Uh, We'll start off our little roundup by talking about Gosport. I suppose both clubs go into the same category as far as clubs that have had their dark days but are certainly now coming out of it the other side and on the right side, thankfully.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was uh, quite depressing, wasn't it, watching their results when they were rock bottom, Mm. and they just managed to claw their way out of trouble at the the end, which was good. And, yeah, they're sort of mid-table now, aren't they? They're sort of going in the right direction, which is uh, ideal.
1: And with Petersfield, nine wins in their last ten, as Mark Summerhill said in the interview, they're going into this weekend and going into any game as the the form side, really.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Again, a team that's uh, while they're up, Doing really well and suddenly uh it was catastrophic for a season or so, but uh now they're pulling their way back up and saying nine wins on the bounce, you uh, you can't uh, can't knock that and uh, they like to have a good run in the bars I'm sure.
1: How much credit needs to go to Mark Samuil for steadying the ship there first and foremost and then now getting a squad together with young players as well with a bit of experience that are, are progressing up the league and now turning that, that dark spell into something more positive?
2: Yeah, I think it's, it's two, two things, isn't it, really? You want a manager who can attract uh, decent players to the club and when he gets the decent players to get them to uh, perform on the pitch and, and obviously Mark's doing that at the moment.
1: And, of course, the Vars is a massive competition for Peterson, perhaps even more important by the fact they couldn't enter the FA Cup this year. Bournemouth poppies away at the, the league above. It's going to be a tough test, but it's one of those ties you look at and, and sense that if, if Bournemouth are off it and Peterson would have a good day, they there's certainly a shock there in the offing.
2: Yeah, they, 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 they won't be overawed, I'm sure. I mean, it, it sounds uh, difficult when it's the league above, but I think at that sort of level, the, the differences are, are not as massive as maybe higher up the uh, pyramid.
1: Thank you, Rob, for now. We're going to move quickly on then to matters at Wesley Park. Haven and Waterlooville are through to the fourth qualifying round of the FA Cup following a 3-0 win against Hadley on Saturday. The reward for that win, a game against Dulwich Hamlet at Wesley Park. Ironically, the team they're going to play that weekend anyway. Here's Paul Doswell discussing that 3-0 win over the Bricks. Paul Doswell, 3-0 winning against Hadley, through to the next round of the FA Cup. What's your thoughts on
6: the game? Uh, Difficult first half. Um... I've got to say, took one of Ian Baird's particular team talks to uh, to get the team going. Um... And credit to them, because I thought that they ran their socks off first half uh, against a side, our side, that was slowing its movement, slowing its passing, uh, and looked like uh, we thought it was going to be a, an easy, too easy a game. So, as I said, half-time managed to get a few things over to them, and I thought second half the lads did very well, scored three goals, I think we hit the post and bar three times as well, uh, and got got the job done, which is always the most important thing. You know, you look at Enfield today, going to Chichester and losing, so, you know, these things can happen, as like I said, they, they, they had a real go first half and they, they were sat in deep. Now you've seen England play against the Minnows in international football and struggle to break teams down when they sit with 10 behind the ball but what I was impressed with them is whilst they did that they actually broke with twos and threes and at times, you know, like I said, they had one or two little glimpses in the first half where I was sat there starting to get a bit uneasy from about 35 to 45 um, and like I said I think you know it's a credit to the two of us, as in particular that you can come in and change feeling of the dressing room and explain uh, in very simple uh, English what needs to be done. And I thought the lads took that on board and like I said got, got in the end a fairly comfortable, uh, comfortable win.
1: We spoke in the week about how teams like Hadley will come to places like this and, and give it a go and that was certainly the case today.
6: Uh, massive credit to them, as I just said to their manager. and. You know, their the, the players, I thought that they, they did themselves proud. I mean, obviously the fitness side of it caught up with them and I think the two goals in the 53rd, 56th minute really not the stuff in, in terms of them knowing that they could get a result. But whilst it's nil-nil in football and up to 53 minutes, they were fighting for everything. And uh, like I said, that wasn't an easy afternoon at the office. How important was that second goal so quickly after that first? Yeah, hugely important. I even said that if we'd done it in the first half, once you get two up against... Uh, opposition like Hadley you know they find it very very difficult to keep going and that's why we made the game so difficult for ourselves because I I would say up to 45 because from the start of the second half onwards you saw much better intent from us Uh, and the lads obviously you know were aware that um, if they didn't get their act together fairly sharpish things could go wrong here today and um, you know we didn't want to be on the end of that. And now
1: into the fourth qualifying round of the FA Cup the competition really does start to spice up a little bit now.
6: Well, it's spiced up already in terms of the prize money. I mean, that's 25000 that we've won for the club. uh, And now it's more about, uh, you know, for the players. You know, can they get themselves into a first-round qualifier, even a second round, and then even a third round? So... You know, they've won five games Hadley today to get here and we've won two now so another three wins and do what they've done would be fantastic that would put us into the, the second round wouldn't it so mm-hmm. lots of work to do as ever um, we look light on numbers today I've got to say you know difficult uh, with the amount of injuries that we've got uh, missing Wes Fogden's energy in that midfield as well I, th- I feel uh, massively and, um, you know, losing Rory is a big blow for us as well. So I've got to say credit to the players. Again, they stepped up. It uh, doesn't matter. You know, we, we can forget about the first 45 now because they replicated a second half that, that got us through. So we'll draw a line under it the first half, but, you know, I won't forget about it. It was. Uh, it put me in a little bit of a heart palpitation for about thir- from 30 to 45 minutes onwards. Paul, thank you very much. And we'll speak to you again soon. Cheers, Henry.
1: So, and that's Paul Dodger, the Haventon Waterlooville manager, speaking to me following Saturday's free win over Hadley in the FA Cup. We're going to take a quick break now on Over the White Line. When we return, we're going to round up the rest of this week's action, along with more chat with reports of FA's Rob England. Join us in a sec for the third part of Over the White Line.
0: Over the White Line with Bisco solicitors. The right support gets the right result. Visit their website, biscos-law.co.uk passionately Portsmouth and passionately football. We are 93.7 Express FM.
1: Welcome back to the final part of this week's Over the White Line here on 93.7 Express FM, proudly sponsored by Bisco's, where the right team gets you the right results. can hear here alongside Rob Ingram from the Portsmouth Divisional FA, between now and 7pm, talking all things grassroots football. Uh, Rob, let's talk more about the Ports of Divisional FA and the the grassroots of the game. I want to start by talking about women's football in the air. One thing that's certainly caught my eye is with the, the amount of entries in the Divisional Sunday Women's Cup. Uh, last year there was about four or five. Now that's gone up to nine and now there's an extra round in the competition compared to last year.
2: Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's very pleasing. We're seeing a bit more growth. Um, <clears throat> I think it did seem to hit a bit of a plateau a few seasons back. Um, obviously things like the England women's team, mm-hmm. Exposure on uh, terrestrial TV is a massive help. I mean, we want to see that side of the game. Fifty percent of the country, you know, uh, we need we need more sides. So it's very pleasing that they are uh, are um, increasing in number.
1: What organisations like yourself and the Hampshire FA and, and those that, that are in the governing positions in our local area are doing to help improve the women's game and help getting more numbers of girls involved?
2: Well it's uh, uh, certainly it's, uh, we, we have uh, our, obviously have our Women's Cup which uh, is uh, something we, we were the first area in the, in the counties who introduced the Women's Cup and so we've obviously encouraged the game that way. At the county level there is a Uh, major development team there, paid team and also as part of the organisation there is a women and girls committee which looks specifically obviously at that that side of the game so at every level we are uh, uh, encouraging as far as possible the growth of that side of the game How important is it for for
1: competitions like the Sunday Women's Cup to have Portsmouth in there Portsmouth FC women in the competition the, the biggest without disrespect to any other clubs entering the biggest club as far as name and, and stature in the area to, to get in the competition
2: yeah they're obviously they're a very strong side and they've grown and the, I mean the, the crowds they get down at, uh, at Baffin's ground is uh, very good um but to be honest we'd like to see them have another, another uh, reserve side um, or, or, or more because uh, their side is very very good um, and they do tend to, they did tend to dominate the, uh, the competition last year um, so we'd like to see them sort of increase if they get a reserve side in as well that'd be ideal I think.
1: And again no limitations as far as, as numbers of teams can, can get involved. No
2: absolutely not and the more the merrier as far as we're concerned.
1: Uh, moving on to other competitions, let's talk about uh, the Victory Cup uh, which is the second tier competition for the men's uh, side of the game. A lot of Sunday League sides playing in in the competition. Uh, those ties in in the first round, eight teams involved will be played later on in the month. That's between Port South Village Home, uh, Wickham Mill and Freehouse, CJ Glass and AFC Southbourne Sunday and AFC Portia Sunday in Clanfield. How, how big a competition is it for that in, in, in the Sunday League region and, and clubs like that?
2: Uh, yeah, we think it's very important. We, 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 it's one of those competitions. The rules for the competition are about three lines because it's which makes it very flexible. We want the senior clubs on Sundays to have the opportunity to to play each other because sometimes uh, the, the the upper echelons of their own leagues they're not as strong as they should be. Mm-hmm. So it does give the opportunity for a, 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 the, the really decent Sunday size in Portsmouth to meet the really decent size in Gosport in the Meeham Valley. Um, so it's, it's a great competition. and It's a fantastic trophy as well. If you see the trophy, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's absolutely magnificent. And it's, uh, and this year is actually it's the 100th mm-hmm. anniversary of it. So 1919, mm-hmm. the victory refers obviously to the, yeah. the end of the First World War. So uh, it's very prestigious. And of course, when you go
1: down to that Sunday League level, players play it simply for the enjoyment of playing. So if you can play against the best opposition for a really nice trophy, such as a Victory Cup, it's not something that it's not as if it's up the higher end of the game. It's just for enjoyment, really, I
2: suppose. Yeah, yeah it's really, I mean, it's um, it, the finals are usually um, robustly, Competitive. Normally, they're really people really want to win those. Um, they're they they're some of the more um, uh, exciting matches we often have is the Victory Cup. So uh, yeah, it's it's good, and you get a lot of players who maybe play uh, Hampshire League on a Saturday. They like mm. to play with their mates on a Sunday, so they tend to play for clubs that enter the Victory Cup.
1: We'll quickly pause for now as we've got an interview with Rich Bessie, the Fleetlands manager, therefore in the brand-new Hampshire FA Trophy, and he discussed all that with me. How many of you say on the other end of the line is the Fleetlands manager, Rich Bessie. Rich, great result for yourselves at the weekend in the new Hampshire FA Trophy, a 2-1 win over Poolsgrove.
3: Yeah, yeah, fantastic result. Um, a very, very difficult game, and they... Um, they certainly gave us a run for it, and we had to to work really, really hard to get that result. And, and it was well deserved at the end of the whistle.
1: And of course, you were within a, a missed penalty away. Uh, Paulsgrove missed a penalty in the game, so it just talks about fine margins, even at the even at the level of the Hampshire League.
3: Yeah, and I think there's a couple of things to look at on the penalty. I mean, for us, um, we give away the penalty. I thought it was a penalty. Our player didn't. Uh, the ref obviously did. And. I think even their player said that he didn't feel it was a penalty. So I, 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 I felt it was. The, the player that stepped up was, was our former player, Jimmy Hurd. He left Paulsgrove last season, joined us, and just last week left for paulsgrove. His, his second game for them was against us. He steps up, it's written in the stars, he's going to score, and our goalkeeper stops that from happening. And um, I think on our goalkeeper as well, Josh. He he deserves the plaudits and credit because he come in as a sort of backup keeper and he's he's made himself number one at the moment. So he's done really really well.
1: Obviously, it's the first game in in this brand new Hampshire FA Trophy competition. I know it's it's very early days, so I'll be very early to judge. But how do you feel the format of the competition is working?
3: Yeah, I mean it's. It, it's straight to pens after the game, which obviously you used to like the extra time. I don't think the legs did by all means, but um, it, it brought a good sort of tense moment to the game. Straight to penalties is, is also nervous, but at the same time quite fun as well and thrilling if you if you win. Um, we're looking at it as, as a trophy. We'd like to we'd like to try and achieve a final position if we can. You know, I know there's going to be some top sides in there, a lot of sort of Wessex and um, Wessex reserve side, sorry, and Wyvern side, etc. And then there's also sides in and around our league. So it'd be good for us to push on. And hopefully if we can, we can get into the sort of last 16 quarterfinals, finals, cetera, it starts getting exciting at that point.
1: It's certainly a format when you add the fact that you've got the Wyvern combination teams and everything else, it's certainly got the wiggle room to really grow as a competition.
3: It has, and I think, um, I mean, the next round we've got a side, Hamble United, I think they're in the Southampton Football League set up. By all means, I'd imagine we'd be going there as favourites, you'd argue, for the league positions, but anything can happen, and um, it's it's not going to be the easiest of ties. Um, We've got to use our experience, by all means, to see it through, and and we want to progress, so it's it's a competition we're going to be taking seriously. And against Hamble, I'm, I'm actually not there, Mm-hmm. I missed that game but my assistants will be taking it and, and we we'll would be looking at going as full strength as we would be against anyone else in our league.
1: Well Saturday it's back to the bread and butter of league action for yourselves. Back at Dara Fleetlands for non-league day up against Winchester Castle. I suppose it's a bit of a bummer Portsmouth being at home because it doesn't give you the opportunity to capitalise on that gate. But non-league day is always notorious for big crowds no matter where in the pyramid teams are.
3: Yeah, very much so, and, and we're, we're aspirational, you know, we're a non-league side that's got a lot of helpers and a lot of support. I think every time I speak to you, I'm echoing the great support that we've got at the club. Well, we, this is why non-league day is, is a big thing, and, and clubs like us are here and have been here for a number of years. We um, have got a game against Winchester, they're not doing the best at the moment, by all means, but for us, we <laughs> realistically, we wanted to win last night, and, and we didn't, and um, we want to be looking to win on Saturday as well because two of our rivals are playing each other. So really, we want to push on and try and get some ground on them. But unfortunately, we dropped points last night. So that that's a, a bit of a sour taste in my mouth right now.
1: Well, Rich, thank you very much for your time. Appreciate it as ever. And we will speak to you again soon.
3: Brilliant. Thank you very much.
1: So that's Rich Bessie, the Flintlands manager speaking to me early on this evening. While well, being on still with me in the studio i have got about five minutes uh, left of the show let's talk about everything else regarding the PDFA. Let's, let's start with some of the other competitions we haven't mentioned such as the, the Veterans and the, the Intermediate Cup. It's, again they're, they're competitions where we've seen more entries this year.
2: Yeah, that has been very good. I mean the Veterans up to 11 which is very pleasing. Um, this uh, Mid-Solent uh, sorry, Mea Valley uh, uh, division. Uh, understandably, you, 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 if you've got 11 ties, you don't want to spread over four or five competitions. Having them in one is uh, ideal. And uh, again, it's just another aspect of the game we want to encourage. The other competitions, again, you know, very healthy, very good uh, numbers. Um, and just as I said, with the Victory Cup, I think a lot of clubs, they like the opportunity to move out of their area, you know, to go to the Mean Valley or to go over to Gosport they're a Portsmouth club. And, um, you know, and just, play different teams and uh, it's, it's it's working very well so we're very pleased elsewhere regarding the,
1: the the organization and football in the local area as well what about facilities now i know there was something a few weeks ago posted on social media about the the vandalization of king george's the fifth field a few years ago and that things haven't perhaps progressed as, as quickly as as people would have liked but by and large how do you feel the the facilities around the local area have, have come along
2: well there there are challenges obviously the, the 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 council run facilities um to be frank we're not uh, the top priority you mm-hmm. know obviously things like social care and the like are are their main priorities specifically with uh, KG5 um, yes it was a few years ago and people understandably wonder why it's not uh, being dealt with i mean we with the, the county, the county facilities manager and the council and the football foundation they are looking at the moment to see the viability of, if not KG5, then at least one of the other areas in the city become what they call a hub uh, which would mean uh, a degree of development which would be, enhance the changing areas, uh, have one, possibly two, three G pitches and uh, <clears throat> improve the uh, the grass pitches uh, but it's all about money um mm-hmm. it has happened in uh in eastley stoneham lane uh but fortunately they had a lot of money from developers and uh, they got a fantastic facility there with the uh, uh 3g pitches and grass pitches and a lovely new uh um building there so if that doesn't come about then my understanding is that um they will be looking to uh, uh at least repair stroke rebuild mm-hmm. the uh, pavilion at kg5 i've got a meeting sports council meeting tomorrow steve pitt the councillor with the portfolio for leisure will uh, will be there and i'll uh, be speaking to him and seeing you know where we are at the moment but yes it's generally challenging with uh, the council run facilities we are getting a lot better with the the non-council mm-hmm. you know the number of 3g pitches actually in the portsmouth divisional fa area uh, compared to other areas of the county, are very good. You know, we've got Warblington School, Park Community School, South Downs College, mm-hmm. uh, right uh, Mid- <laughs> Bridge Mary. Uh, so, yeah, there's, mm-hmm. uh, and they're all very good. And, of course, the private facilities, if you like, or the school facilities, you also automatically get sort of decent changing rooms and, uh, and decent showers and things like that as well. But, of course, they are a bit more of a premium price. And of course, just finally, youth football. Where's the? How do you see the development line for our,
1: our younger players, boys and girls, uh, developing there?
2: Uh, youth football is in rude health. Uh, we had a meeting last Thursday. I think the Saturday mid solar League mm-hmm. said they got three thousand eight hundred youngsters registered, and the Portsmouth uh, Sunday Youth League, well over four thousand. So, it's the tricky. St- part is getting those kids to keep playing once they reach 16 and, mm-hmm. and beyond, which is again as I've spoken to in the past is what we're trying to address. You get up to around about this sort of 11, 12, 13 and the numbers are phenomenal but then you start to see a bit of a drop off and then when you get to 16 it's it's... it's and beyond, it's getting quite tricky. So we're addressing that. Football development's what we're about. Um, you know, you can't sit on your hands and just wait for clubs to come to you or players to keep going. You've got to get out there and actually um, sell the game these days.
1: Especially with with kids
2: and social media and things
1: like that. I suppose the, the, I suppose the next five-year plan is, is very crucial.
2: Yeah, I mean, we had uh, um, the chair and deputy chair of Hampshire FA at our meeting last week and the figures that they brought down with them um, showed that we're addressing the decline a lot better than other areas mm. in the country. Like I say, we have people out in the county who are dedicated. We've got a dedicated 11 v 11 uh, <clears throat> adult uh, uh, officer whose job is uh, just to look after <coughs> excuse me, the, the adult game. And so, yes, we're not out of the woods by any means, but uh, we are addressing it better, I think, than uh, a lot of other areas. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show. Appreciate your company as ever. And
1: just a quick reminder before we head off for those ties in the ports of Senior Cup. They're going to be played in the week commencing November the 4th. fam against Haling. Portchester against Denmead. Portsmouth against Petersville. That tie will be switched. Haling United Reserves against United Services Portasau Reserves. United Services Portasau host Liss locks teeth against Horne Dean and the tie of the round by a stretch is Gosport against Moneyfield Baffins Milton Rovers or Infinity the winners of tonight's tie will get a walkover into the quarterfinals so and that's just about it for this week's Over the White Line my thanks goes to Robbing of the Ports of FA my pleasure I'll like see you for the next round draw indeed we'll see you soon there's plenty coming up on Express FM though uh, Friday Jake Smith hosts the football hour where they look ahead to Saturday's big game for the Blues against Union and they do do have a game, despite all the international call-ups, which means Pompey Live will be back with you Saturday from 2 o'clock for all the essential pre-match build-up with Liam Howes, Jake Smith and Alan Knight. Uh, Commentary comes from BBC Radio Silent From 3. Then Pompey Live Extra Time from 5 o'clock will round up all the match, and of course, you can have your say on the lines as well. I'm back this time next week, so please join me again then for all the non-league reaction, action and previews. Coming up next, it's Non-Stop Express before DIY from 8 o'clock. But for me, thank you very much for listening. Bye-bye for now.